for we adore thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee, opening to the sun above. Melts the clouds of sin and sadness. Thank you for joining us for this program from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our program with others. Now, we take you to the service of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning. Thank you for participating in worship the way that you have this morning. The singing has been beautiful, and I know that uh, the angels rejoice when we lift our voices together and sing praises to our Father. They enter into His throne room um, and are pleasing to Him, and I, it's so encouraging to be a part of a morning uh, like today. Today is a, you know, kind of a special day for us uh, as we take an opportunity. We have been very blessed, very blessed over the last uh, couple of years to have a huge influx of babies into our church family. Um, and that is, I, I kid you not, I would imagine that over the last two years, just because of the amount of uh, babies we've had born, that our average age of our congregation has probably 10 years younger, just because of the amount of children we've had born in the last couple of years. Uh, and um, coming into this time last year, our elders decided uh, to have a day that we just celebrate that um, as we worship our, our, our Heavenly Father and speak into those families uh, in a special way this morning. Uh, and so I want to share some thoughts with you about family uh, in, in some different ways, uh, lessons that are not just maybe for young parents, but for parents across the board and grandparents as you encourage um, other families and just church members as you try to encourage uh, our young families ways to encourage them and things to help them with. I, I have been raising kids now for nearly 13 years. Uh, I, um, I'm not an expert on many things, uh, but I kind of feel like from ages one to five, I've experienced just about everything there is to experience with kids ages one to five. Now, we're growing on into that. I'm getting into these teenage years and I'm kind of ready to hibernate through the teenage years and just like let Blair take care of, of the teenage years, but I'm thinking that it, that's not really going to be an option. Uh, but one of the things that you learn very quickly is you learn a lot of lessons coming into parenthood, things that you hadn't really thought about. Um, kind of like the absolute best way to get your children's attention is to sit down and get comfortable. Absolutely. They'll come running to you and want your un they will, you'll have their undivided attention if you're sitting on the couch trying to watch TV. Um, they'll always make a liar out of you every time. They'll make a liar out of you. You will find out that there is miraculous healing powers in the waiting rooms of a doctor's office every time. My personal favorite that I learned once I had kids, you become completely irrelevant to your own parents. Your parents do not care about you at all anymore. I don't get birthday presents. I don't get Christmas presents. Nothing. No, maybe not even a phone call. Um, you know, and so you kind of become irrelevant. But uh, the truth is, uh, children are wonderful, aren't they? Children are a blessing. Children uh, are, and, and David says this too, uh, but we always, we, we all say this and kind of believe it, children are the greatest gift that we receive from God. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, children are the greatest gift that we receive from God, and and I, and I appreciate Wiley leading um, John three sixteen because he didn't necessarily know this, but 
I want you to think about this passage with me as, as we've said it and read it and sung it <coughs> this morning. Excuse me. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And one of the things that I love about this is, is the very beginning. And I think about this with our children, okay? For God so loved the world that he what? Gave. That, yes, this whole text is talking about eternity and salvation. But I look at the very beginning of this verse, and I think about everything that God gives me, Every blessing that I have from God comes because of the first four words. For God so loved. For God so loved. That as I look at my children, as I look at your children, I think about it from the perspective that God has given me my children and have given you yours because He loves you. And they are a gift to you and they are a blessing to you. And, and, and he wants you to enjoy those things. But as I think about, especially for our, our first-time parents right now, as I think back uh, through all four of mine and the first year of each of their life, I think the first year of your children's life may be the most exciting. Um, it's, it's, it's the parts that you've been looking forward to, maybe the most fun. Maybe, you know, from the perspective, Alex, you know, you've asked me before, uh, you know, when does it, when, when's the easy part and what was my answer? This is the easy part. When, when they stay in one spot and they don't talk back and all you got to do is feed them and, and, and like year one, that's, that's the easy part, right? But man, it's so much fun. First words and then you can't get them to quit talking and then they start to talk back. But those first words are exciting. Those, that, that first birthday party, I remember we planned Colin's birthday party for nine months. For nine months, we, and it was the best birthday party we've ever had. Um, you know, those first steps, all those things, you, you look forward to those moments, and you want those moments uh, to hurry up and get there in that first year so that you can experience them and live in them and love in them. And God gives those things to you so that you can have those experiences and so that you can ultimately feel His love. I really didn't understand the idea of God's love for me as my father until I held my first child. And then my understanding of God as my father grew. Uh, he, he blessed me with that moment. And, and, I, and I have felt things and looked at things and thought about things in a completely different way because of fatherhood, because of children. Children are an absolute blessing in so many ways. I remember... Um, when we came home with our first one with Collins, we, we kind of had this moment of what do we do next? What do we do now? And I'm sure every parent kind of goes to that moment. Um, my first thought when we got in the hospital was the nurse didn't come in with us. And then we just brought her in. We just laid her in her bed and she just laid there. And we just looked at her and we looked at each other like, well, what do we do now? And what we should have done is taken a nap. That's what we should have done. While she was asleep, we should have taken a nap. We just stood there and looked at her. But I want you to think about that question, that question of what do I do now? That's really what our time together is going to be about for a few moments. Of what do I do now? Once God has given me this blessing, as I'm enjoying the blessings that come along with it, the birthdays and the excitement and all these things, what do I do with this child? What do I do with this child? Well, Open your Bibles to 1 Samuel. In 1 Samuel 
chapter 1, we read a story of Hannah. For, for some reason, well, and, and I think the reason is so that God's glory could be revealed in powerful ways. Uh, but the text says that Hannah was, uh, or that the text actually says that God had closed her wound. Uh, she was not able to get pregnant, and she was uh, one of two wives, and the other wife uh, continually, as she was having children, continually poked fun, just, just used her blessing uh, to, to kind of amplify the pain that Hannah had felt. And so uh, as their family did every year, and we'll talk about that here in a few more moments, as, as, she did every, as they did every year, they went to Shiloh to offer their sacrifices and, and to take part of, of, of that time of worship uh, with God as, as they were supposed to and needed to and wanted to. And this last time that she went, coming into the story, you know, she lays on the temple steps and, and she just, just prays and, and squalls and, uh, to the point that Eli the prophet, um, or the priest rather, thought she was what? For those of you who know the story, thought she was drunk. And he's like, how much have you had to drink? And she's like, no, 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 this isn't that. I am just in that much sorrow right now. She had wanted this and longed for this and couldn't and, and finally comes to her knees before God and turns this over to God uh, and, and Eli blesses her, and, 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 and verse 20 here says, So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. If you keep on going, it says, When her husband, um, Elkanah, went up with his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and fulfill his vow. This is the next year. Uh, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. He will live there always. Now, one of, these, one of the traditions that you see in Scripture in a lot of different instances is you see it with Jesus, you see it with Samuel, you see it in other Old Testament stories in particular, that there is a time in their life that the parents take a very serious moment and they go back to God and they say, you have given me this blessing and now I am presenting this blessing back to you. I'm presenting this blessing back to you. Now, this is kind of an extreme in that process that Hannah was so overjoyed and so grateful and so thankful for what God had given her that she actually takes it to the far end of it and goes, I'm going to allow God, if you will, I'm going to allow God to raise him. I'm going to put him in the middle of, of the priests and the prophets, in the middle of God's house, in the middle of all the teaching, and I'm going to let God raise him. I'm going to let him be raised in the presence of God. And, and I think that's a great, powerful message for us because as parents, the thing that we have to realize is as great of a blessing as our children are to us, God also expects us to take that blessing and give it right back to him. Give it right back to him. And, and, and dedicate and devote our life to raising them in the presence of God. Now, how do we do that? How, how, do, we, how do we make that process happen? How, how does it become a reality? I mean, because we can't do this, right? We can't necessarily do this. Um, you're not going to bring your child to my house and be like, we're going to let the preacher, preacher raise our kid. And the reason you're not going to do that is because I don't need any more kids at my house. Tanner, isn't that right? Someone asked me the other day, they go, why aren't you going to have another one? What's the difference in four and five? I said, one more. That's the difference. It's the difference in an armada and a 
church bus. You know, that's, those are the differences, you know. Um, so how do we do this? Well, how, how do we begin to, to live this in our life and, and make these things happen in the greatest way? Well, the first thing as parents we've got to realize, no matter how old your kids are, the greatest thing that you can do with your child is give them back to God um, and do this. God has to be the most important thing to you. To you as a parent, as a husband, as a spouse, as a dad. There's a lot of things as a mom. There's a lot of things in our lives that are important. There are. It's a lot of things in our lives that are important. But the most important thing in your life, before you begin to think about raising your children, before you begin to think about what I want them to be when they grow up, before you begin to think about what's their first word, before you start having the competition of are they going to say mama first or dad first, you know, before you have all of that, the most important thing in your life has to be God. Above everything else, nothing, nothing can replace that. You have to make that commitment. In verse 3 of the story, and it's easy to look over and go, oh, well, okay, it's just something they had to do. But in verse 3, it says that year after year, they went and made these sacrifices. But it prefaces it with the dad's name and his family. He led them in this process. And it was so important to him that every year, despite what was going on, despite the things that might have been happening, he said, every year we're going to make a commitment to go and to make and offer our sacrifices. This is more than likely during, um, during that one time of year where they're having the big you know, sacrifice for everybody that... Um, that's the sacrifice for the nation, but you also make your own sacrifices, the time where they send the scapegoat out uh, and different things. It's, it's during that time, and so they're making it a priority to be there. In your own personal life, you don't do it for your children. You don't do it for your spouse. You don't do it for your friends. You walk with God for yourself, and you make that the absolute most important thing because... What you focus on will be what they focus on. What you focus on will be what they focus on. If you walk into my office, how many of you have been in my office here recently? How many of you have been in my office? Jonathan, what are the three things that I love? Braves, Ghostbusters, friends. He didn't say Alabama football. There's Alabama football stuff in there too. How do you know that? Because when you walk into my office, I don't have books on my bookshelves. I have collector's items. Blair calls them toys. Collector's items. I have signed jerseys. I have memorabilia. I have all these things. Those are the things that I love. Those are the things that I love. Um, your children are going to focus on what you focus on. Where is it? There it is. My daughter doesn't know any. My youngest daughter doesn't know anything about Braves baseball. But opening day this year, you know what all three of them wanted to wear? And it just so happened we all had on red jerseys that day. They all wanted to wear Braves baseball jerseys the opening day of baseball season this year. Was it because they cared? No, it was because I cared. 
Because I was focused on it. And since I was focused on it, since I love it, since I care about it, then guess what? They loved it, and they cared about it, and they wanted to do it as well. We're driving down the road the other day, and Colin says, you know what? I cannot wait till I get my own car. She's thinking in that direction. Can't wait till I get my own car. I said, why? What's one reason you, would, you can't wait to get your own car? She goes, because I can listen to any music I want to listen to, and I'm not going to listen to what you and mom listen to. I said, oh, but you will. I don't like y'all's music. And I put on Queen. And she goes, oh, I love Queen. You know why she loves Queen? Because Blair and I love Queen. And that's what she's, that music's the music she's been surrounded. It could have been a lot of other things. That's just what was playing on my playlist at the moment. What is important to us as moms and dads become important to our children. And if this is the most important thing to you, your church family, your walk with God, your your relationship, your prayer life, all of these things, if if that is the most important thing to you, then you have a better chance of that being the most important thing to your children. Look at what this verse says. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up In the presence of the Lord. That can also be translated, grew up surrounded by the Lord. And I want you to think about what Samuel went on to do. Samuel went on to anoint kings. Samuel went on to preach truth. Samuel went on to live a life devoted to God because his mother made sure and his father made sure that above everything else, God was most important to them. And because of that, he was surrounded by God in every aspect of his life. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen if he is not the most important thing to you. If the most important thing to you is to go fish on Saturday afternoons, every weekend, guess what your kids are going to want to do? Go fish every Saturday afternoon. If the most important thing to you is reading books about some certain subject, those are going to become the most important things to your kids because they're going to be surrounded by those things. Make this the most important thing in your life. I could go a thousand different ways and say it. And it wouldn't make it any different. It's got to be the most important thing. And if it's not, and the truth is, parents, you know whether it is or if it isn't. You know whether it is or whether it isn't. Alex made a good comment and a good point in class this morning as he was teaching. He said he was talking about, you know, he's a planner and, and, and likes things to be a certain way. And, um, and if you're going to leave at 9 o'clock, we're going to leave at 9 o'clock, right? And, um, but he said, you know, he likes to plan, plan out his week. And, and he said, you know, sometimes Wednesday night rolls around. And if he hadn't planned on being there, It's easy to not be there, right? If I've not made that a priority. It's so easy to plan everything else in life and then insert God into the plans where he fits. And Alex's point was, what did you say? You go, he needs to be the only pot on your stove. And I will forever remember that statement. He needs to be the only pot on your stove. That's the only thing that's important is God. And you know if that's the case or not in your life. 
You can pull out your phone and look at your schedule. You can look at your text messages. You can look at the things that you're involved in. And you can figure out what the most important thing is in your life. Because the most important thing in your life is going to be the thing that you are devoting the most attention to. And if it's not God, it's going to be evident. And your kids are going to see. And maybe that's not where you are right now. Maybe you're not that devoted right now. But you can be. You can change that right now and make him the number one priority. So that's, that's the first thing I want to give you this morning. Um, the next thing is this. Remember that God has given them gifts, and you must nurture them in a spiritual direction. Um, Paul talks about how we are God's workmanship, and that he has given us, he has placed works in front of us in advance so that we can do those things. And we talk about that from an adult perspective many times. Uh, but the truth is, as you hold your babies this morning, as you hold your children, I want you to know something. God has already put within them their gifts that they need to serve in his kingdom. They're already there. They're already there. The works that God wants them to accomplish are already in their future. He's already laid, they are already God's workmanship, God's masterpiece, ready to fulfill the things that he is going to place in front of them. It is our job as parents to nurture them and minister them and grow them in that direction. And we understand and we do that. So a couple of weeks ago, Vance came in. Vance, you know, we're, we're playing baseball. Vance has decided he wants to try to be a catcher. He's been playing second base. Uh, he's um, doing decent at that. But, like, there's just something about him that he wants to be behind this guy with the bat, with the chance of being hit by everything that's thrown, everything that's swung, being run over, you know, I... I never could do it. It's a special breed that wants to stay behind home plate and be thrown at. He's one of those special kids at the moment, right now. And so, you know what we've done for the last week? Nearly every day, we've gotten outside in the catcher's gear, and we've worked on it. We've, I want to accomplish this. I want to do this. We're going to work on it. Y'all, I can't even feel my shoulder this morning. I've thrown so many baseballs over the last week. It hurts really bad. We understand that with things in the world, don't we? But yet with our children, sometimes when it comes to, to the kingdom, we go, Jonathan will teach them that. The church will teach them that. No. God says, I've given you this gift. I've given you this blessing. And I've given them gifts and blessings. And it's your job to disciple them and turn them into Christian servants and disciples that continue to serve in the kingdom. Sometimes we get scared about that. Sometimes we're uncomfortable with that. But it's important for us to grow these children first and foremost in our homes. The Jewish people actually used to call their homes their little temple. Our homes should be little places of worship to God. It should be a place where, where, where spiritual things are discussed. It should be places where spiritual things are, are, are talked about and, and worked through. It should be a place where spiritual gifts are taught and encouraged and worked on. Whether it's your gift or not, making sure that they grow in those directions. But remember that God has given them gifts and you must mature them in that spiritual direction. There's a lot of things that we could talk about this morning. But from this particular passage of 1 Samuel 1 and 2, I see so powerfully the idea of God being the most important thing to each of us 
and allowing that to just naturally, naturally flow from our lives into the lives of our children. Your, your, your spiritualness should flow from you as natural into your children as, as your love for sports, as natural as your love for your hobbies. You know, and they're so impressionable. Children are so impressionable. Um, one of my favorite things that's happened here recently, talk about impressionable children, is with Kaysen. Jonathan, Jonathan is an LSU fan, for better or worse. Grew up in Baton Rouge. That's where he is. That's what he does. And you know what he wants Kaysen to be? He wants Kaysen to be an LSU fan. And we all understand that, right? But Adrian and I are not LSU fans. And Kaysen has learned if he wants a piece of chocolate from Adriana, he comes up to her and he goes, roll tide. Kills Jonathan, but he'll do it every time, won't he? He'll come up, he came up to me the other day in the hallway. He had found candy. No one had given it to him. He had found a piece. He handed it to me. He goes, roll tide. Because he knew that's how I would open it. Our young children are so impressionable. What if we took every moment like that and reminded them, Jesus loves you. John 3.16. You know, sing and make melody in your heart. Pray to God. What if we taught those things to them along with these other things that we have fun teaching? Our spiritualness should flow just as easily into them as go Tigers, War Eagle, Roll Tide, Go Braves, Seminole, whatever they go. You know, all these different things. Our spiritualness should roll into our children just as easily. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to roll into our children. We need to work on it and make it a priority. Children are a blessing, and you are a blessing for bringing them into our church family. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for the chance to just be in your presence today. We thank you for the love that's in this room. We thank you for the children and their families, their moms and their dads and their grandparents that are here with us today. We, we, we love how children bring us together, how, how, how visitors have joined us today because of these children, and we're so grateful for that, God, and so blessed by their presence. And, and we just pray that as a church, that we will be a place where these families find acceptance, they find love, they find support, um, that they find everything that they need. They find their village to raise their children. We just thank you for this family in so many ways, God. Be with us as we, we end this time. Let us just devote our life to you and commit to you above everything else. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thou art giving and forgiving, ever blessing, ever blessed. Thank you again for joining us. And please consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or our podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Also, leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember to love like Jesus.